Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Believe That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles and from the Big Apple in New York City, welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I'm Dave, the caregiver's caregiver at caregiverdave.com, along with my lovely co-host, Adrian Gruberg at thecaregiverspace.org. And we're also coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks on 26 global audio and video platforms, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher, Radio, Blog Talk Radio, and too many more to mention. And we are very proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM, and number two on Feedspot out of the top 60, and number two on CaringVillage.com. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today, don't we, Adrian? Yes, we do. Rod Kenur. Am I saying that right? That's pretty good German pronunciation. That's better than <laughs> I can even do. <laughs> Rod's a certified leadership coach, speaker, and devoted husband to Beth for 40 years. In the last three years, in the storm of cancer, father of five, married children, father of five married children, and grandpa of 13. Wow, he's got me beat. And he's author of the book, <laughs> Don't Waste the Storm. Don't Waste This Storm, and the founder of the newly formed Be the Hope Foundation and the soon-to-be Be the Hope Retreat. Wow, can barely wait. Preferred, um, welcome to the show. But before we, before we go any further, I, I hate to uh, interrupt, but I have to thank my last week's guest, Debbie Clark, How to Balance Your Life in Extreme Challenges, the, par- the Parallels Between Complex Parenting and elderly caregiving. (laughs) Just a reminder, you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews on our membership website, caregiverdave.com, or any of the other 26 global networks that I mentioned earlier. Okay, enough of that. Rod, welcome to the Caregiver Dave Show. We're so excited to have you on. Great to be here. I hope I have something that your viewers will find very beneficial in their lives. I sure hope so. I sure, I'm sure you do. I'm sure I will. <laughs> um, I always like to ask my guest just who is Rod Kinnear and why was he placed on this earth? Rod Kinnear is actually a licensed dentist and uh, he did get certified as a leadership coach. I did leave dentistry after eight years and went to the seminary and I served in uh, church work for uh, seven years and then came back to dentistry 20 years ago. <laughs> so to define who Rod Canary is, he has always oh. wanted to help people throughout. And that's what I continue to do. Hopefully through this book I've written and interviews like this. Which seminary did you go to? I actually went to a Lutheran seminary. I'm no longer part of the Lutheran church, but yeah, Lutheran seminary in Fort Wayne. Okay. Uh, you've been married 40 years. That's not easy to do these days. But the last five has been uh, not too good, huh? T- tell us about that. Well, that's what I, I tell people, that the worst five years were the best five years. And that's, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. Uh, you know, I talk about those traditional wedding vows, richer, poorer, sickness, health, better, worse. Yeah. I think sometimes, I'm not saying you take someone for granted, but... 
when you're really in the worst, the sickness and the poorer, we grew closer in our faith, stronger in our faith and closer to each other. And that, that's, that's a, another reason why I wrote the book, because a lot of the things we did and experienced, uh, everyone wants to play victim when they're hit with, you know, terminal cancer. She actually had another health issue for uh, almost two years before the cancer diagnosis really? that, we, that was really symptom-wise worse than the cancer. And we thought we were almost through it and bam, give you 18 to 24 months to live. So that's the five you, years. Yeah. You know. So how did you, why are you still alive? <laughs> <laughs> I, I talk about it. Uh, I call it a, a perspective shift because really everybody, even my wife, when she was diagnosed with terminal cancer, did not tell anyone she, she didn't want to be treated as a victim. You know, and I think that's what happens when serious things happen. Everybody puts the victim label on you. And when she, uh, after about six months of outpatient chemo, we had to spend three weeks at the University of Michigan Cancer Center. And you understand, we were walking together 30-some years, and we had been serving people our whole life. But as we uh, checked in and got her settled in, I said, Beth, it's not about us. And that's I'm going to take you to the perspective shift. How you can shift from victim when you're first hit with a storm of life. It could be financial. It could be, you know, relational. It could be health. The first thing is you, uh, you, you just, you throw a pity party. You just, you just want to quit living and, and wait for it to pass. And a lot of storms do pass. Terminal cancer, not, doesn't. Well, the first question you ask yourself, and I call it the who, what, when, where, why, and how of perspective shift. The first question is why me? Why me? And you wear yourself asking that. Like my wife was the most gracious, kind person. Why her? Mm -hmm. And then if that's not enough to wear you out, the second question you ask is, when will it be over? And like I said, a lot of storms get over and you wear yourself on that. And, you know, there's no answer to those two questions when you're in the storm. And then the third question where you kind of try to take a little control is, how can I get myself out of this storm? And, you know, if it's a health thing, well, you know, you go from cancer center to cancer center to here to there to there. You can spend your whole life looking for an answer and still at some point you got to just do your due diligence and then move on. Well, when, when I said it's not about us, it's the other three questions that I, I think really, I think really can help people when they're hit with a storm. It's what can we do with the gifts and experiences we have where we now find ourselves, the where with who is now around us because we ended up in hospitals and cities and countries we never would have gone to and were used to really encourage other people. So, and they're making that shift kind of from victim. I don't know the better word to Victor to really having purpose as opposed to just being, you know, yeah. Which country did you go to? Well, we had started going on mission trips to the country of Romania back in 2013, and then she started that other health thing a year later, and then we went on four trips during best cancer, and that's uh, when I talk about what, uh, what were the keys to, to living like we did, I, I talk about four things, gratitude, service, having a community that you're a part of, and, and laughter, but I'll go to the service. So uh, yeah, it was a dental medical mission trip. And we went every year and the first, the year of Beth's cancer, she was diagnosed like a month before we were supposed to go. And they said, you can't go. People generally don't die of cancer. They die of their low immunities. They get an infection. You can't go. 
And when we went, our oncologists kind of made fun of us. We were going to Dracula land because we were actually going to the region of Transylvania in Romania. Well, but you we told went. her we can't go, but then you says you went. So how did that happen? You, you just well, glossed we over just, that. We <laughs> just thought about it, prayed about it, and said we're going. And my <laughs> wife did something in 2016 that made her felt extremely self-conscious so that she could live life and go places. Can you imagine what she did? No, I don't know. <laughs> I'm bringing a little humor into this. She wore a mask in public. <laughs> Eight months after she passes, the world's wearing masks. But yeah. when she wore that mask, everybody thought she had something she was going to infect other people with. But that was one of the things. We'd wear a mask on the flights and Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so we would do that. And then Betha served in a lot of other ways. She'd host a young mom's group for dinner once a month <clears> from our church. 25 women in the, the worst of her cancer, of her insomnia. It's just, it. she glowed when she was getting ready. She couldn't sleep at night and she'd be downstairs getting ready for it. And I, that's, that just, that's not what victims do. And then I continued to serve in ways. And, and that, that was really part of the, the thing. We, we had purpose in the storm. Well, I thought only my wife was like that, but there must be more people like that that uh, that I don't know about. They are rare and far between. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> She's amazing. Would you describe her as a cross between Martha Stewart and Wonder Woman? She just was this organized, quiet, gracious, uh, amazing woman. Yeah, yeah. When I say she was meant to have five kids and thirteen grandkids, she didn't get to see the last two, but. That was, she was in her element. You talked about your previous guest. During her cancer, we had a son and wife and a three-year-old and one-year-old in our house. We also, right before the cancer, had both of our elderly dads. So I I could have chimed in with that multi-generational parenting, yeah, that your previous guest talked about. And yet, those children were a blessing to my wife in the midst. Everyone else thought, oh, how, how? How is that that they're so imposing on you? And it was exactly what you need to wake up to. Mm-hmm. See those little grandbabies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, so it, it sounds like you never skipped a beat. The cancer really didn't slow you down. We did. We d- I canceled one thing. <laughs> I was a uh, you know, captain of the wrestling team on the student council, and I hadn't been to a class reunion in years. And our class reunion was in December. It was in September, and she got diagnosed in June. And I thought, oh, she'll end up in the cancer ward. I better cancel it. That was the only thing we canceled. And you know what? You always say, when, you're, when you're a leader, you always feel like, I don't want to let somebody down. We took yeah. the attitude, <clears throat> if we have to cancel, someone else will step to the plate. We never canceled. And I think that's the other thing. That tendency is, oh... We better, we better pull back. We better, and, and yeah. we didn't. I had a, it's funny you said that. I had a, a good friend. I, I host a group for widows and widowers, actually, after this Be the Hope I Have behind me. And uh, she read the book recently. She said, it made me tired. So I, was, I, I have to follow up on probably the fact that we, we lived so much life in the midst of, you know, as down as Beth was, so... But uh, gratitude was the other beginning one. There was a night when she was just, I knew I had to up my game. And you're a caregiver. You know all about that, Dave. It's like, what do I do? And I said to her, I said, let's, let's pray the ABCs or say the ABCs of gratitude. And she looks at me and uh, 
I thought I must have read it somewhere, but I guess I just, I came up with this. I said, let's, you say something or someone that starts with A you're thankful for. And I will say something or someone that I'm thankful for starts with B and we'll go back and forth. And we had Z covered. I have a grand, I have a son-in-law, Zach. (laughs) The last two years of my wife's life, she never got to Z before she fell asleep. And she had been going through insomnia till two, three in the morning. The value of counting your blessings. And that's not what you do when the storms of life hit. You, you go, you know, why did this happen? How can I, it's not fair. You do everything instead of, and you can get that mind shift to the, your blessings. Oh my goodness. I mean, we were complaining in Michigan about the cold weather today. And I said to somebody, we could be in Ukraine. You know, you just don't realize how blessed we are sometimes and you, things you complain about. So, so gratitude ended up being huge because mm-hmm. we tried to keep that focus every day. So you can either be bitter or better. Yep. Your yep. choice. So when do, you, when do you tune the instrument before or after the concert? What are we talking about? I knew you would like that. I just added that to what mine. Um, <laughs> I, this doesn't, in my case, we are, you know, we, uh, we uh, are people of faith and um, look to the Lord. You could be, but I found out often I would try to find that time to meditate or, or to read scripture or to pray. You fit it in around your busy day. And then, you know, when do you tune an instrument? Before or after the concert? Obviously before. Right. Uh, the year before Beth started her health journey, I started getting up early in the morning and spending quite a bit of time. And I can remember in the beginning, I had so many things going through my mind to slow down and to reflect. Oh, my goodness. I'm a different person. And and how you go through the storm is how you start into it. And that was huge. That was huge. And we both took that time to just slow and still yourself. And then, then handle what comes comes at you wow so your faith is very important uh i'm assuming you couldn't go through this without it i no i it 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 grew stronger and some people get angry but uh yeah in our case it it really it really was a strength for us yeah and us too um you know our we're probably stronger in our faith than we have ever been in the 25 years of this stroke experience that my wife and I have been going through. And also it was a financial thing in 2008. I mean, it just seems like there's always something (laughs) going on. Right. And then the pandemic, you know, and how it affected the business and all that stuff. Right. But um, you write here, it's not where you find yourself, but who you are with or who you surround yourself with that matters. Explain that. Well, I think, you know, sometimes to, to have an experience, it has to be the right restaurant, the right meal. Everything has to be perfect. I've got the right outfit. Perfectionism, right? Yeah. Well, this was uh, a couple of years before Beth started this journey. We, Like I said, we had five kids and the, uh, the youngest son got married and uh, six months later, Beth diagnosed with terminal cancer. Mm. So that empty nest thing, we didn't really see much of, but we were driving to a uh, a funeral dinner for one of best cousins' uh, parents who had passed away. And on the way, I said to her, I said, funeral dinner day. And she looked at me and laughed. I said, we are in the car by ourselves for two hours enjoying each other's company. That's a day. 
Now fast forward at the University of Michigan Cancer Center, and we spent three weeks. Uh, at the age of 19, I put a ring on my wife's finger on Valentine's Day. And here we are almost 40 years later, and we're going to celebrate Valentine's Day in a cancer ward. Mm-hmm. So I, you could have candles. I got the vote of candles. Uh, I bought her a red blouse that she could wear instead of the, you know, the hospital garb. They actually had steak on the menu, and uh, I found the song from our first, our wedding dance, uh, You Make Me Feel Brand New by the Stylistics. And I'm telling you, it was the best Valentine's we ever had because it was Beth and I. It didn't matter where we were at. A hopeless romantic, are you? Well, learn from my wife. (laughs) So you both had terminal cancer? Is that right? No, just her. Just her. No. Just her. Well, she's still alive, yes? What's that? She's still no. alive. No, she passed away in oh. 2019. How did I oh, miss that? I'm sorry. She's well, sorry. and uh, I, I told you about service being important. In the beginning of 2019, she's three years into it. She was only given us 18 to 24 months. Uh, they gave her three months to live. And that's when we moved to Grand Rapids. Our two married daughters live here and started treatment. And we're supposed to sign up to go to Romania. Well, so she was She was fighting it, even though they said you have three months did they say the, what chemo would do, how far uh, yep. it would give her? They, they basically, the, the things they gave us with the uh, University of Michigan and our, and our local oncologist was she'd either spend the rest of her life in the hospital or probably kill her. So we came so to Grand Rapids. didn't give her and, much hope. So, so no, you decided no. to take the road of, of chemo and cancer treatment? So we went, no, she had been in chemo for three years, but then we went and got a second opinion in, in Grand Rapids. And he, he looked at the proposal and said, I'm here to help her live, not kill her. And he came up with a different treatment. And for three months, it seemed to be working. So we decided to go to Romania on a mission trip. This is, so, uh, so what was that treatment for three months? I can't. He just, he changed some of the treatment that he was using. And the hope was to knock the cancer down because there were some new experimental treatments. Her cancer was too bad. She didn't qualify for in January. And he actually felt that she would qualify. They were using it with uh, leukemia, I think. And we're trying it with multiple myeloma, her bone marrow cancer. So, uh, yeah, it was working. But so we decided to go to Romania on the mission trip, even though, and, uh, and she gives this testimonial of her faith. And then at the end, I, I loved what she said. She looked at the Romanians. And first she said, we're in the storms of life, not knowing what the name of my book was going to be. I mean, right. She goes, where do the storms of life go? Just listen to God and go. He's got you in his hands. He's got me in his hands. And then she closed by saying, when we come to Romania, everybody says how blessed those Romanians must be. I mean, she's using a translator, obviously. And she looked at him and she says, we get more from you than we give you. And that whole phrase, it's more blessed to give than to receive, that, that was really what we lived for the, well, our whole life, but really focused on it during her uh, five years, that health journey. And uh, yeah, yeah. So she really had a good quality of life in the end, yes? Oh, yeah. It, she, to the public, she had much, uh, she, she she was just, she was tough. You know, she was one of those people that never complained when she carried babies ever once, but she, I'd see the light kind of dim in those beautiful green eyes every so often, but we just kept on. I mean, I did things for her, a whole lot of things I never did for most of our marriage. And just, I, 
you know, told her, spend your time with your grandbabies. And uh, she, uh, she about a couple months before she was given three months to live, she said to me, um, I think I'm dying. I got to start making videos for everybody mm. for their big moments. And I said to her, I said, when you start preparing to die, you quit living. So the videos she made were like going to Romania. They actually videoed her 15-minute testimonial and just how she lived life. That That's more, I think that's the other thing to tell oh. people. How you live life is more of a testimonial to your loved ones <laughs> and your friends than making these canned videos that <laughs> they do at their weddings and graduation. You know? I just wanted to say that the Be the Hope Foundation logo behind you is the fact that it says Beth has not escaped me. <laughs> right. About a week or two after she was diagnosed, uh, you know, given three months to live, I, I just saw that, you know, I was sitting in church and it's, I'm not, she was the artistic one. I wrote it in my journal. And then uh, when she passed away, she actually passed away five days after we got back from Romania. Mm. And it turned out she, she had been having a lot of abdominal pain and they just thought it was the steroids. And uh, she was just full of cancer. But she had one more mission to make before she went home. Well, but I, I, I just kind of emailed Vistaprint where you can get business cards. And I told them what my idea was. And wah, it was like, that's it. That's yeah. it. Her, she had a favorite Bible verse that had the word hope in it. And actually, when she would host those young moms, the year before she died, she started doing this uh, word for the year. And she'd give them a canvas. The year before my wife passed, her word was joy. Mm-hmm. Well, in, she hosted the young moms in January 2019. And the next morning is when we heard three months to live. Have you thought of hospice? The word for 2019, her word was hope. And then she put her Jeremiah 2911 on it. So I'm, I'm looking at it here. I should have had it where I could show it to you. But that's where Be the Hope came from. And my, I started a Facebook group during COVID because everywhere you went, everybody was fighting. Yep. It was about how to approach COVID or politics or whatever. And I said, I want to, we can change the world one be the hope moment at a time or one, you know, act of kindness. And I said, if anyone says one divisive thing, you're off. And I, I'm hoping the book can drive people to it. If anybody would like to look at be the hope on Facebook, they can join the group. But that's my hope to just encourage just acts of kindness. And that, that was my wife. She wasn't this out front over the top person. She just quietly did simple well i call them now be the hope moments so yeah thanks i just saw the uh he under the t so i just (laughs) now got it be the hope (laughs) because i can't see it's too small i'm the graphic designer he there you go you make the he just a little bigger yeah all right well, I think we're out of time, but yeah. you, uh, what didn't we cover that you'd like to discuss, including... Uh, one really quick book? thing was the value of being in community with someone. Because the biggest thing is when you get hit with a storm of life is the first tendency is to isolate. And uh, that is by far the worst thing. Luckily, I was in a men's breakfast group. She is in a women's group. We started hosting a small group for couples. And it, they don't have to be in your same storm. Because trust me, these other couples had very interesting storms they went through, not terminal, but mm-hmm. that that support, that, that encouragement. And also, I can remember I would get up to the six o'clock breakfast where I spent all night trying to get Beth to sleep. And I think I need to go there 
more times than not, I was encouraging someone else as much as I, and sometimes we need to be needed. Mm-hmm. So that was super important. I think the tendency is to, to wall off. So being in community, service, gratitude. And the last one was, was laughter. I could leave you with a, a funny laughter if you have enough time for me to end yeah. it. But yeah, uh, yeah Beth, um, one night I, I had to shave her head after the chemo. Her hair started to talk about a sad. She just felt so, you know, just not beautiful. And I, I, one night I said to her, I said, Beth, what is your name? She goes, Beth, no, Beth Kinnear, no, Beth Fritzler, no. I said, when I say it, you have to repeat it after me. He's saying it until you get sick of it. And she goes, what's my name? I go, Rod's hottie. If my mild-mannered wife, I the blush, I will never forget. And every so often I would tell her that when she was down, but then I also followed it up with, I, I know how to say hot grandma in German. So I would say that to her too, but I mean, just, and then I do a lot of other things. I'm the kind of the jokester of the family, but you need to laugh in the storm. And I don't think that feels natural to most people, you know, I, yeah. So um, those would be my four, four uh, encouragements for people. And how can we get that book? You can, uh, Westbow Press was who uh, published it, but it's on Amazon, you know, pretty much all, uh, you know, Barnes and Noble, wherever, but yeah. Don't waste the storm. And then, like I said, go to the, you know, be the hope Facebook group. If you or I am going to be speaking, you know, and you can go to that group or um, my Facebook, Rod Canair. And just uh, I don't everything's happening so fast with this, Dave, that the website's <laughs> not up yet. And it's just it took off, you know, so I'm, we're trying to get all the legal stuff done on the foundation. It's in the process. But, yeah, get that so, website yeah. up. <laughs> I know. I know. We're getting there. Well, I can't believe how fast our time has gone. Uh, Thanks so much for coming on the show. And um, Adrian, how can our listeners reach you? Uh, Adrian at thecaregiverspace.org. And then there's the Facebook page, The Caregiver Space. And there are many groups on there, support groups. And again, a reminder, all our live shows become recorded pod and video casts on all our platforms that I mentioned earlier. And uh, don't forget to check out my membership website, caregiverdave.com. It's a free membership support community with lots of tools, resources, and free gifts, as well as my Facebook page with the same name, Caregiver Dave. And Adrian also has chat rooms and lots of support on her site. Um, Please check, please click the like button on whatever platform that you are watching or listening this interview on. It helps us reach even more caregivers by improving Google's search engine algorithms. And don't forget uh, my new book, Secrets from the Hammock, Uncommon Wisdom for Uncommon Sense, will be released in two days, Cinco de Mayo. So please pre-order your Kindle version today or wait two days and buy the hardback or the paperback or the Kindle. And it's it's already going to be number one on Amazon because of the number of pre-sales that we have. It's a great book about wisdom. I've been writing um, all my life, basically, for the last 50 years. So again, all my listeners out there, thanks all over the world for tuning in and making us the number one caregiver podcast uh, on the internet. And so until next week, we'll see you same time, same channel. Bye-bye. Bye. We are a community of caregivers that understands and supports you wherever you are in your journey. We are a place to connect with other caregivers, 
but more importantly, a place to get practical, actionable help. There are lots of ways for you to get support. First of all, you can download our welcome pack. This will get you started on your Thrive journey. Next, you can ask and get answers to your questions by posting them here in our private Facebook groups. You can also get live online support by attending one of our live Weekly Connect webinars. You can get practical, actionable advice by listening to our weekly podcast. You can hear and read other stories about other caregivers' experiences. Plus, add your own in our weekly Share Your Story forum, posted every Tuesday in the Facebook group. You can access essential resources and download practical Thrive Solutions Packs all of which are geared to help you thrive as a caregiver. You get lifetime access to all of our resources. Again, we're here to support you and help you thrive and to enjoy your life as a caregiver. And remember, this is a place to get hope, not just cope. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise. Like the birds will never sing again Keep breathing Take it in and let it out Keep breathing It's gonna be okay Believe in A Don't